0: Well, hi, Kathy. Hi, Ross. Uh, we A little peek behind the curtain. We've spent about half an hour here uh, dealing with some technical difficulties, but I think we've got it all worked, all worked out now. How do you guys feel? I hope
2: so, Fletcher. I've been playing with computers, and I'm not a very good computer player boy, so I'm hoping it worked okay.
0: <laughs> well, let's get into what you do know about, and that's words. So this week, I'm, I'm not going to spell the word uh, for a couple of reasons. One is that it's kind of long. Uh, another is that anybody listening to this right now has already seen the word in the title of the podcast. And uh, another reason is that I, I know I know the word, and you've sort of asked me um, which way it should be spelled more than which way it should be pronounced, but we're definitely going to get, going to get into the pronunciation part. You've asked me whether the word should be spelled prerogative or prerogative prerogative and and I know that it's prerogative I know that's how it's spelled what I don't know is what the acceptable pronunciations for this word are I I personally try to say the pr and I sort of say it more like prerogative um but certainly that sounds like and many people say prerogative because that pr sound is really hard to do so what do you, for you guys what's, what's what are the acceptable pronunciations and uh what do we do with words that are so strange like this and hard to pronounce?
1: The acceptable pronunciation is what you said, prerogative. But that said, I think 99.9% of the people, and I'm one of them, say prerogative. I, I do, do too. I don't say prerogative. But that's the correct way.
2: We have to speak slowly and pronounce it correctly, but I I can't help it. I say prerogative all the time as well. It's just a natural way. It's hard to
1: say the prerogative. Like that, it is.
0: Well, even when you say it properly, it still kind of sounds like prerogative.
1: It does. If you say it quickly, that's my theory in words like that. It's just saying really fast and no one can tell, you know, but it's, it's what this is, it's something called metathesis and it's usually R's or L's. When you have problems, your mouth doesn't want to do it that way. So you transpose them. So instead of saying prerogative, you say prerogative. Prescription is another one. A lot of people say perscription instead of prescription. Um, and, and it's, it's just a, it's a difficult, like you said, it's a difficult mouthfeel. You know, it just doesn't feel right. So you end up switching the two word, letters. But that said,
2: it's not really an issue because we almost all of us say it as prerogative. And many of us or most of us know it's written prerogative. I don't think it's really an issue with pronunciation in the sense of people looking at you oddly. It's almost impossible to say it correctly. So I wouldn't really worry about did. it in that sense. <laughs> No,
0: I think that's true. And, and Kathy, you just mentioned a, wor- a word, metathesis.
1: Yeah. Metathesis is when you switch a sound or letter in a word with another one. You kind of flip them. Um, as I said, prescription, uh, prerogative. What are other ones? Foliage. A lot of people say foliage or foliage. Excuse me. Um, uh, well, I guess "ask axe is actually a, is actually an example of metathesis, even if it's not super common. Oh, as, but what as, you're doing is transposing as axi- an
0: axing a question.
1: Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. At the decks, <laughs> you know, right. it's and, and and it's 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 especially common. There there are like certain areas of the country that are more prone to it, and the South actually uh, tends to be a hotbed of metathesis, which is an odd thing to say actually. But um, it's it's very common, and it's it's a, it's just a difficult thing to get around. Often with your mouth, it's funny
2: because I have the L one. I did it as a kid. I had cavalry. I used to always say cavalry. I remember that distinctly.
0: I think a lot of people certainly spell cavalry or as cavalry or or the other way around.
2: They do, and it's an easy one to. That's another example. I mean, those are really common ones and relevant. I used to, I had real problems with that as as a kid. I always go revel. Oh, you'd say revel. I remember that.
1: Yeah, it was very common for me. For me, asterisk is a toughie. Asterisk is like an a- the S K at the ending. You, you want it for me? I've always wanted to do asterisks like the comic, like the comic, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> which made it even harder for me to get it right. <laughs> no,
0: I think that's definitely true of a lot of people. So this this is something uh, you're describing as metathesis, which is sort of switching sounds around. To me, it struck me as, in the past we've talked about epenthesis, sort of adding in sounds, but this struck me as sort of the opposite of that, in that we're getting rid of that that first R sound.
1: Well, we're not getting rid of it, you're, you're switching it with the E. You're, instead of saying pre, you're saying per. Because
2: you are saying per, uh, even though you're merging with the derogative part with an R too, but you are saying to yourself per, and I think one reason is per is a very common uh, prefix in English anyway. We know two prefixes, pre and per, and in this case we commonly think it's it's easily switched into per.
0: Okay, so this this for you is more of a, a switching of sounds rather than getting, getting rid of sounds, because I also thought of words like February versus February, and even people, uh, as we hear in the intro to this very podcast, sometimes saying library instead of library.
1: Yeah, that's a little different. I think.
0: I mean,
2: the problem is <laughs> the problem with language is we don't, really, we, we don't really know what we're doing when we're doing it, you know? I mean. It,
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, the odd thing is now we go back to is, uh, we, this is something we've brought up a million times. Is, is it going to start changing? It, will it become prerogative at some point? I mean, it used to be, third used to be thread. T H R I D, and now I mean, if you said something like, "Yes, he's on Thrid base, I, I suspect people would look at you very <laughs> oddly and wonder about, you know, you. No offense, not you specifically, but one. They would wonder about one if you said Thrid.
0: I think we can sort of agree that it, pronunciation-wise, it pretty much has become prerogative. But are you are you are you suggesting maybe the spelling also will change at some point?
2: I don't. I think the spelling won't. It's frozen right now. I mean, the one problem with English for, for a metathesis in terms of changing words is that the spelling is, is everywhere at this point. I doubt it's going to
1: change. I don't know, though. If you do a search, which I'm going to do right now, I bet if you typed in prerogative spelled incorrectly, um, I bet you'd find a lot. Prerogative, misspelling of, misspelling of. Slang. Okay, now the Urban Dictionary says it's slang for prerogative, which is a very odd way of putting it.
0: I like that angle. I think that's good. (laughs) It's slang. I think that
1: we found a new way to do this. Okay, I'm looking right now and I'm seeing actually examples like um, in news articles. I mean, they're not necessarily fabulous ones, but I'm I'm seeing misspellings, Newsbusters, Times Union newspaper. I have no idea what these things are, but.
0: Yeah, these are just places without
1: editors, really. Yeah, Ooh, the Chicago Tribune. <laughs> this is interesting. So yeah, NBCnews.com. So this does make me wonder a little bit if if we're going to start seeing a blurring. Okay, so I think we've proven that there's a chance, Ross. There's a chance that the Smith spelling might end up becoming. There's a possibility, yeah. Except, or slang, as the Urban Dictionary said. Yeah, that's slang.
2: I still question if it's going to change. The spelling is, spelling does not change as much anymore as it used to change because it's it's sort of, we have dictionaries and we have, Mounds of books, so I don't know. We'll see.
1: Although I wonder, Ross, if because we've also always said that more and more people listen rather than read nowadays. I mean, if you if you sit on a bus or something, you see most people listening to their phones, not reading their phones. So one wonders if 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 the pronunciation is prerogative, would you then slowly? I'm not saying like you know in a month or in a, in ten years. I'm saying like in a hundred years. It's certainly possible. We, like I mean, we go back to Fred.
2: I just tend not to think so. But we'll see. Well, you're wrong. (laughs) It's going to (laughs) change. Speaking of prerogative or prerogative, I have a word that I doubt either of you know. It's a Canadian, it tends to be a Canadian word. And instead of the pre in in front of the rogative, it has a pro. Do you guys know what prorogue means or prorogation? Prerogative comes from, I mean, from the Latin, you know, with pre beforehand asking. And it used to, comes from the old Latin idea in the Roman assemblies of the people who were the best had prerogative and they were they were tended to vote first prerogative is another it's a pre sound it means first as well but it's a parliamentary term my wife said do not mention this cuz it's so boring but it's a parliamentary term mostly used in Canada which means you can dissolve the parliament uh, unofficially, and then start a new parliamentary session. But when we came here, people are always talking about proroguing the parliament, which I had – it sounded <laughs> like a, a – I don't know what it sounded – it was weird sounding, but it Sounds that's a little off-color, me. <laughs> it's a technical way of saying put off or delay, but usually a government uh, a government body delaying a session and then redoing the session. They prorogue So, so you pro-rogue, prorogue the uh, parliament. It's, it's a useless <laughs> bit of information. Fascinated. But, but does that come, does that use the same
0: root, that rogative, rogative? Yes. Because it, it does.
2: Yep, yeah, it's the same root. Rogative, it comes from the Latin regare, which means to ask. But it also, in Latin, it also had a specific meaning to, as well as just generally to ask, to ask in parliament or in assembly for a vote. And then that's how it became um, prerogative came that way because people who had the right of prerogatively being asked firsthand to vote in parliament were seen as the best people. And then it became like a special right or whatever. And then as the meeting we have today.
0: Right. So this is this is what I was wondering about the word specifically more than well, even including the pronunciation. But but so so that that. Root, rogative, or rogative actually means something as in as in asking a, as in a question or something. So like interrogative is is like a question. So when we say this is something's prerogative, it means that it's their right to be asked first. Right, right? it's their privilege.
2: Right, okay. and then it became generally meaning privilege. Yeah.
0: Well, so that would make me think that that maybe there's less of a chance of the spelling changing because it actually. I mean that actually means something—a prerogative. Now that doesn't—that you know, of course never prevents us from from changing spelling if 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 the zeitgeist goes against us. But um, but I that really means something to have those two. And there's recor- a
1: reason for it to be the way it is. Yes,
0: exactly, definitely.
2: Yeah. And then like I mean we have abro—you know—we have abrogate comes from the same word, same root, rogar a two. And abrogate means to. Uh, in effect, ask away from. Ab means away. And so you're asking away from, so you're doing away with, you're annulling. So, I mean, it, it. those words definitely, I mean, the, the Latin root has definite meanings, which came into English with roughly the same meaning. So you're right. But we have a whole bunch of, uh, we have derogate too. Derogatory comes Oh, of course, from the same derogate. Root. I didn't
1: think of that. I was trying to think of another one.
2: Well, that would be day in Latin means to move away from. So that's like you're moving away from asking. So you're saying this person isn't worthy of it. So therefore you're being derogatory, etc. It goes on that way. There are a lot of gate words, but the only really problematic one though is prerogative with the pre and the per. The other ones we can sort of easily handle the uh, prefixes, I think.
1: Interestingly speaking of prefixes, what gets me is we're talking about, this is a pronunciation thing. This is not about the, um, the meaning, but we have prerogative that people say prerogative then we have peremptory, which people almost always say preemptory. Exactly.
0: Well, I think people are used to uh, something preempting uh, something else, something on television being preempted by, by breaking news, right?
1: Right. That, so, so you think that it would be preempt I, I assume that's one of the main reasons. Because, yeah, you think it should be preempting. But it's not. It's perempting. It's peremptory.
2: Yeah, because, the, I mean, not to get technical here, but that comes from um, per, in the the Latin per prefix means sort of completely. And then the empt part is to take or to buy, so it means to completely take over, or completely do something, and therefore it becomes um, the current meaning we have right now. You're doing it completely.
1: It's confusing. Latin, I gotta say, Latin really is like, you know, tossed us a little problematic stuff.
2: It's interesting. I was reading one thing about, speaking of Latin though, because Latin is sort of complicated too. uh, English vocabulary is about 75% Latinate. Either it came from Latin directly into English or it came via French and the Normans into English. At the same time, and I don't know how true these statistics are, at the same time, the English that we speak is of about 75% Anglo-Saxon. In other words, we prefer ang- Anglo-Saxon words, although most of the words in our vocabulary are technically um, Latinate in basis.
0: So we've got a we've got a whole bunch of words that we just don't use that come from from the Latin, and most of the words that we actually do use are Anglo-Saxon.
2: Yeah, well, I mean, for example, preempt means you know to buy in advance or whatever to take action beforehand. I mean, you know, technically, but I'm not going to usually say, use preempt. I'm going to do. I'm not going to say, Kathy, I preempted an attempt by Kathy to do something. I'm going to say I stopped her from doing it or, you know, something like that. I mean, we're not going to use the Latin as, as commonly as we're going to use the, the, Latin, uh, the Anglo-Saxon word.
1: Although, though, I was just going to say the fascinating thing to me is I think conversationally, I, I, would, I would argue we're much more Anglo-Saxon. I certainly am very Anglo-Saxon at many times when I'm very frustrated in particular, but I... um,
0: (laughs) I think I I know what you mean. (laughs) (laughs) Really? I mean,
1: but in writing there seems to be, I mean, it's the old Hemingway versus, I don't know, Faulkner or something. I mean, I think that a lot of times in writing people think fancier words, which would be Latinate, like are better oh i I disagree mind you but i would i would argue that a lot of people in writing would lean more towards the fancified you know ooh la la latin 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 sort of thing that's absolutely true
0: i read a lot of i you know i read a lot of uh, film criticism for example and a lot of it is a kind of dense and hard and hard to penetrate because people are trying to sound fancier by using a lot of probably probably latinate words
1: (laughs) Thing. it's a pet peeve i totally agree with you fletcher i and it's very big in criticism in criticism definitely i don't know why yeah but, but there, there's
2: also uh, david crystal the linguist in england said and i think he's right we have different levels of english that we speak and we naturally gravitate towards one you know like uh, you're in a baseball game you ain't seen nothing yet is the sort of thing you might say whereas like you're you're at like a meeting. You're going to go. You haven't yet seen anything or something like that. You're going to you are going to modulate your language depending on your audience. To some degree, I think Latinate words can give you a greater subtlety or can give you a greater. I mean, not it's not necessarily just being snobby. I think in some ways it's, it can nuance. It can make your your reading or writing more nuanced. No, I, I see a frown on Kathy's face. She is not agreeing, but <laughs> I can't see you, Fletcher. I was but... pretty polite. Like, You're okay, yeah, nuance. I, I can't see Fletcher here.
1: <laughs> and it's Anglo-Saxon. <laughs> yeah.
2: I like Latin. I can't help it. So, I think it's
0: reasonable, though. I mean, we have, you know, we have words for a reason. We have different words for a reason, and and if we're able to recognize the nuance in those words, then it's nice to be able to have a variety of them to choose from. The problem, I think, arises when we're talking to people who may not recognize the nuance between two different words that that have a similar meaning but not uh, the exact same meaning.
1: No, I think you're right. And I think also there are times when people do chuck them in and it's clear just to sound more highfalutin. I really, I can't help it. I, I do think that that's a problem. Because I don't think they're using it for nuance's sake. I think they're using it because it sounds cool.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And it completely, I, I, I almost stopped reading when I noticed that happening.
1: Yeah, no, I'm with you. I
2: totally am with you. Yeah, like, actually, throwing this one out, one of my pet peeves is the word risible. Ri- risible or risible, some people pronounce it. I thought it was risible. It's actually protectedly pronounced risible. But um, I don't think it's a particularly useful word. I, I mean, it's laughable. You're right. Wanted to say laughable. Yeah, I don't think you need risible at all. I mean, I'm not going to you know, expunge it from the language, but I don't think it's a particularly Why necessary not?
0: word. <laughs>
1: Let's start banning it. Yeah,
0: we have so many words. What's one more
1: to go? <laughs> yeah. <for>? yeah, really. <laughs> I, I, that would be interesting, though, because the, there are a number of words that are just that there is not really a nuance. It's just, it's just a fan. It really is literally a fancier way of saying the exact same thing. And what is the point other than impressing someone? I mean, why, you're right. Why say risible when you can just say laughable, other than the fact that you sound very educated? No, I Which agree. Which is a nice thing. I'm not going to deny, but, you know, I don't know. I wonder what other words... Now I'm curious. I want to make a list. It'd be an interesting Kathy's, project. <laughs> enemies list of words. <laughs> yes, I like
0: that. <laughs> so going back to prerogative, uh, I guess... It seems like maybe you guys are pretty much okay with with the pronunciation, at least, of prerogative, just given how difficult it is.
2: Yes,
1: completely. Yeah, absolutely. I I, I respect people like you who say it properly, but I I think there's nothing wrong with saying prerogative, because that's how I say it. So it's okay. However, peremptory I think we should pronounce as peremptory
2: and not preemptory. That one's easy to say as peremptory, and we don't need to say preemptory, even though many people do.
0: Right. That one's just a mistake rather than a difficulty in actually getting our mouth around the word.
2: Mm-hmm. I agree. Okay. The one thing I want to make a point of, it's not the prefix pre, it's not pronounced prerogative, it's prerogative. It's what's called a schwa sound after the E. It's like a. eh. Uh. Prerogative. I still can't say it. I still say prerogative anyway.
1: Prerog- well, if you do it quickly, it's 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 prerogative. Prerogative. prerogative.
2: It's but it, it ends up alighting into you know, which actually gives me the point. Fletcher may be correct. Are we really switching it, or are we just are we just eliminating the R? Really, earlier we were saying it was metathesis, but when you really try to say it thinking that it's prerogative prerogative then it it merges in well
1: no because when you mispronounce it you're saying prerogative you're definitely putting an r you're not saying prerogative you're saying prerogative okay it's your prerogative we could debate this but we do agree how you should pronounce
2: it and how we do pronounce it
1: I never want to see the word again.
0: (laughs) These are some subtleties in in language that I'm not sure I'm actually hearing with my ears. So I I don't know. Let's just go with with prerogative or prerogative and and call it good there.
1: It's your prerogative.
0: This episode of You're Saying It Wrong has been produced by me, Fletcher Powell, help from Beth Golay and Luann Stevens in the studios of KMUW in Wichita, Kansas. If you have a question for Kathy and Ross, you can tweet it at us. We're at YSIWpod or email me at Powell at KMUW.org. You can check out special artwork for this episode and every episode designed by Jordan Kirtley at our website, KMUW.org. And if you like what we're doing, leave us a rating or even a review at Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening. The book You're Saying It Wrong was published by 10 Speed Press, and you can find that and Kathy and Ross Petras's newest book, That Doesn't Mean What You Think It Means, at your local independent bookstore. Kathy and Ross have written a lot more. They've got another book coming up later this year, and they're always up to something. You can check out their other work through their website, kandrpetras.com. That's K-A-N-D-R-P-E-T-R-A-S.com. Thanks for joining us. We'll be back in two weeks. Oh, and one more thing. you of course heard Kathy talk through this episode about metathesis, when you switch letters or sounds around in a word. Turns out this happens in a whole lot of languages, sometimes purposefully, sometimes not. And if I really had to guess, my totally uneducated opinion makes me think it probably happens in most languages. But the one that really surprised me is that Metathesis even happens in American Sign Language. Now it's not quite the same thing, since you're not exactly switching sounds around, but instead it takes place when a sign is done in reverse, or some aspects of a sign switch places, but the meaning remains the same in either case. The most common example I found was regarding the sign for the word deaf, which involves using your index finger to touch your cheek near your ear and then moving your finger forward and touching your cheek closer to your mouth. As it happens, doing it the opposite way, touching near your mouth before touching near your ear, means the same thing, deaf. There are others, like some involving signing one letter on the left side of your chest and then another letter on the right side of your chest that can switch place and go right to left instead and also mean the same thing. Now, of course, this can't happen with every sign, just like it can't happen with every spoken word, and I'm absolutely sure I'm missing some subtleties here, and I've probably described this in a very crude way. But still, just goes to show you how fascinating language is, whether it's spoken, read, or signed.